0: to the Blue Roads Changemaker Podcast. I'm Patty Talbot, CEO and co-founder of Blue Roads Education Group. In this series, you'll hear reflections about what it means to be a homegrown changemaker. We focus interviews around the Blue Roads mantra, Homegrown Solutions for a Patchwork World. Our guests are amazing change makers, solutionaries and social innovators who've taken the path from local citizen to global change maker and or from global citizen to local change maker by working to change the system that creates the world's most challenging issues close to home and around the globe. I ask participants to tell us about their origins, how they've engaged with others different from themselves, how they work to create solutions, and how they've used these experiences to make the leap to changemakers addressing the UN Sustainable Development Goals. As their host, I try hard to take myself out of the conversation as much as possible, so you won't notice the typical back and forth of the interview process. I hope this will help you to hear their stories as a complete narrative that addresses all four quadrants of the Blue Roads changemaker journey, homegrown solutions for a patchwork world. Today we welcome Dr. Ashley Taylor Rapisky, Director of Education and Lecturer at Rice 360 Degree Institute for Global Health. I first met Ashley in the summer of 2016 when we traveled together to Malawi for a month of working and learning with and from educators and healthcare workers there. Ashley was working on finding solutions to equipment shortages to address health challenges in hospital settings in and around Zamba, while I accompanied university students learning about education in a village school setting.
1: I am currently working at Rice University in the Rice 360 Institute for Global Health, and I'm the Director of Education. So my role involves um, really centered on empowering students to really collaborate and work together to to try to tackle some of our pressing global health issues, largely focused on global health technologies. And so we work with partners um, in Malawi, Tanzania, Nigeria, Kenya, um, as well as partners around the world, um, and and of course, here in Houston as well. Our roots are so important. And um, I think about that a lot, actually, my roots shape. Every interaction, I think, um, in my everyday life. And I grew up in Appalachia. Um, I am a person of the mountains, born and bred. I'm missing them here in Houston, though I I love Houston as well. But certainly my heart is in the mountains of Southwest Virginia. And I think growing up in Appalachia really shaped me in some very profound ways. And the the first sort of lesson, the deep lesson that shaped my roots um, is really about this Kind of um, connectedness that we all have to each other, to the world around us. This idea that what we each do really fundamentally does matter to each other and to the world around us. And this, I think, was really embedded in me through a lot of time spent in the woods with my dad. I grew up a lot doing a lot of um, adventuring and hiking and hunting in the woods with my dad, and just a lot of lessons there, even thinking about the way we would stay quiet as we were looking through the woods and not disturb other living creatures or when we would hunt, we would make sure to only take what we needed and even I have vivid memories of my dad when he would kill a deer, for example. He would always give part of it away to a group called Hunters for the Hungry. And some real authentic sort of lessons and sharing um, about his perspective and this, this idea that we're all connected. So that sort of piece of nature and those experiences with my dad and, and really thinking about how my actions influence other living things around me, that's very deeply rooted in who I am. And then also this idea that we're all connected to our neighbors, um, that we depend on each other fundamentally, and that none of us are lone warriors in this kind of journey of life, but that we really depend on each other for for survival, but also for thriving, right? That we really are better and and more full of life and joy when we rely on each other and, and really recognize our, our connectedness. The second thing I think a lot about from Appalachia for, for better or worse um, is this kind of deeply rooted humility and this idea that doesn't matter what degree you have, what your training is, where you've traveled, what money you have, all of these things don't make us better than anyone else. Right? And there's this deep value that I, I'm really trying to live by of humility In that recognizing that we all have something to contribute, that everyone's life experiences matter, everyone's perspectives matter, and and really assuming in any room or any space that I'm in that I have something to learn from each person and trying to approach those interactions and every space with a deep level of humility. So I think that would be another thing. I think another thing is based on my faith background and, and this deep part that my faith plays in everything that I do. I think there's this very strong sense of purpose, that each of us are created on purpose, for purpose, with purpose, and that really shapes how I interact, in particular with students, Um, and thinking about how each of us have unique gifts and talents and perspectives to bring, particularly in problem solving. As an engineer, I'm always thinking about design and problem solving, and I believe each of us have unique purpose and value to bring to solving problems. And then the last thing I would say, you know, when we talk about Appalachia, it's been very interesting once I navigated a little bit farther out of my home community. And when you say that you're from Appalachia, there are certain things that we think of and not all those things are, are positive. One of the things that uh, folks often think about with Appalachia is of course, this very clear picture of poverty. Um, and so I do think that, that acknowledging sort of growing up in a space where there were access issues and equity issues and where uh, poverty was alive and well. I think um, that has shaped my passion for um, really thinking sustainably about how we reduce generational poverty and how we empower communities and mobilize communities in climbing out of poverty. When I think about the issues that I care about, sometimes it seems Uh, at surface value, like they're not connected. I am an engineer with with also training in public health. And for some people, it's like those things don't connect. But the way I think about my own work and my own really heart and spirit in this work is about reducing disparities. And it's both reducing disparities in um, engineering education for folks who have not been at that table. We think about women, folks from rural backgrounds, low-income students, lots of other groups that haven't been traditionally in engineering, so that's part of my passion. It's also about reducing health disparities, Um, thinking about who has access to care, who has access to technology in in hospitals. That's the other part of my work in engineering. While health and engineering might in some ways seem separate, for me, completely sort of intertwined in this fabric of um, how do we reduce disparities? And sometimes I catch myself saying, well, I'm an engineer. I focus on access and equity. And those are really positive and aspirational words. I think it's good that we say those and that we speak those and that we strive towards those. I think it's really important to acknowledge the reason why we have to focus on access and equity is because the reality is things in our world right now are not equitable, right? And this this geography of opportunity, uh, this idea that who we are and where we're born really does matter and the opportunities that are available to us and that a lot of my colleagues are and I think a lot about how do we move collectively towards a world where we might have more equitable opportunity and we might move towards equity and so I think just reframing that to to recognize the very harsh reality that often we don't acknowledge that that things are not equitable along lines of class and race and gender and really grappling with that and wrestling with that um, and letting that stir us enough to where we move towards action and towards change and mobilizing towards that. think about it as sort of seeking justice um, in terms of access and equity. And again, all about reducing those disparities that we do see in in a lot of these spaces. When I think about working with people who are from different backgrounds, the first thing that just pops into my mind is what a gift it is to work with people who have Fundamentally different life experiences. And again, this this deep kind of value of humility that I I really strive towards and recognizing that we each have so much to learn from each other. And so for me, it's a gift um, to be able to walk alongside and and listen to and learn from the stories and experiences of, of people who are very, very different from me. When we are interacting with people who are different from us in many different ways, I think there's often a tendency to quickly find common ground and I think that's useful. I know in my own work, I've been really encouraged to work alongside other women in engineering from Malawi. um, And this sort of shared experience though in completely different contexts, brings us together of being women in engineering and in some ways being sort of trailblazing in that and the excitement that comes with that and this deep value of wanting to pave the way for, for future young women to pursue STEM and engineering. I'm thinking of amazing mentors in my life, like Teresa McCondewary, and just the amazing work that she's doing. And and I do think there's this very deep human connection because of both being women in engineering. With that said, I also am learning, and I I use this word present tense, because I think I'm always learning lessons and and sometimes very often have to learn them more than once (laughs) before they really sink in. But I think sometimes in this pursuit of finding common ground that we can lose sight of our diverse experiences. And I think that we have to be really careful to balance jumping to common ground and, and not losing what makes our experiences so different and diverse. And sometimes when we have different experiences, that can be uncomfortable. It's actually quite hard to share that and to be vulnerable. and courageous in, in sort of that authenticity. But I think it's only when we share those really authentic perspectives and those, those ex- parts of our experience that are very, very different from each other, that that is when we really have the opportunity to to solve problems in a really sustainable way, to see things differently, to to grow forward collectively. When I think about working with people who are from different backgrounds, I think it's a balance of of finding that common ground, those shared passions perhaps and shared purpose, then also really honoring the unique stories and histories that each of us bring and making sure that we give space for those and really seek to know those about each other as well. I love the the framing that you have for this kind of space of change-making and I love the the optimism in that and I love the realism because I think this idea of change-making acknowledges that there are one changes that need to be made, that there are, again, these issues that we need to be kind of fervently chasing after and and trying to come up with solutions with together. So I really like that because I think this framing of change-making implies active sort of iterative work. And I really like that sort of framing. I think from my Appalachian roots, this also sort of boots on the ground, kind of, as, as my family would say, shoulder to the plow kind of work. I really like that because I think when I think about a lot of my work and the work that I'm inspired by with my colleagues, I think all of us feel that that urgency of, of really putting that shoulder to the plow and working towards change in the areas that we care about. When I think about change making, I think it's hard work. I think we often even underestimate how hard the work is, and I, so for me, the most important thing is I'm learning again. I use that present tense um, and striving towards change is really to come alongside other change makers. It's it's recognizing again that I am not a lone warrior, but that I can come alongside and align with and work to find those shared passions and purposes with other change makers. And I've seen that so beautifully um, in colleagues from around the world and. I've mentioned my collaborators in Malawi that are working to support women in engineering. I so vividly remember my mentor Teresa McCondaweing. the first time I met her, we were excitedly talking about her vision for supporting women in engineering in Malawi. Um, and she put her hand on my shoulder and she said, "We can do this." It just it still gives me this emotional like just I feel it all in my spirit and in my heart, just her passion and Her knowing how hard these deeply rooted challenges are to to begin to make change in, she was ready and she united and we came alongside each other. I see myself very much as sort of coming alongside and even standing behind the the work that she's leading. And that initiative and many other initiatives in my life and in my experience, I just think about the power of coming alongside other change makers. The other thing I think that's really jumping out to me in my work as as an engineering educator and and part of what led me to engineering education, I think really focusing on the education piece, connects back to this idea of purpose and of the unique and inherent value and, and just purpose and identity that each student brings to solving problems, to engineering specifically when i think about change makers one of the things that just is so clearly in my vision for change making is that change makers are everywhere they are everywhere and for me it's really about how do we mobilize uh, particularly students as change makers how do we mobilize communities as change makers how do we mobilize our teams and our colleagues and even our families and our home communities as resources in change right and i think that starts where our students are. It starts where our communities are. We have to really listen again with humility and listen to the priorities and passions and purposes of the people that we are working with, the people that we love and care for. And I think when we start there, when we can meet students and when we can meet communities and even our families and ourselves in the very moment that we're in, that is how we become mobilized towards change. So yeah, I think for me, Change making this this huge idea just the, the thoughts that that go through my mind are really about change making being hard work I mean it, it's really really hard work to sustainably push towards change to have that long-term impact and change i think it takes strategic mobilization and collaboration um I think it takes strong recognition and appreciation for each other again this connectedness and and recognizing that we are all in this together and we rely on each other for long-term change and then i think this idea that change are everywhere and it's it's that for me it's less about my lone work um, as a hopeful change maker and more about how can i come alongside and help to mobilize and work with change makers that are everywhere in our communities <music>
0: Yes, Appalachian humility is alive and well in this one. It's easy to see how directly Ashley's work in the field of engineering and global health directly supports United Nations Sustainable Development Goal number three good health and well being, number six clean water and sanitation, number ten reduced inequalities, number nine industry, innovation, and infrastructure. But do you also see that by extension, she's working on number one, no poverty, number two, zero hunger, number four, quality education, and certainly number 17, partnership for the goals. I've certainly missed some interconnections, and I hope you'll reach out and point them out to us. I also hope you'll get in touch to let us know what you and people you know are doing to realize these global goals by the year 2030. Surely we can do it if we all work together and take our places, like Ashley has, as changemakers. Thanks for tuning in to the Blue Roads Changemaker podcast. We hope you'll follow our work and learn more about how you can get involved and start your own changemaker journey at www.blueroadseducation.org. We'd love it if you could subscribe to the Blue Roads Changemaker podcast and give us a rating on iTunes so that others can find us too. This also helps to elevate the voices of the amazing changemakers you're learning about in our series.